0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, that's powerful. People sharing of testimonies, God using them. Some people afraid, people never did this before, and then God uses you to change people's lives. And every single person that's here, that is the plan that God has for every one of us. Say this with me say, I am a soul winner. You say, but I didn't come yesterday. It doesn't matter. You are a soul winner today. You see, this is not an event thing. This is a lifestyle. This is something that when when people are around you and they're hurting and you carry the answer to their problems, you are willing to yield to the Holy Spirit and talk to them. And then God takes over. You hear people, oh, I didn't even know what I was going to say. It just comes out of my mouth. One time, I was in a meeting, and Miss Elseby, if you guys know who she is, she's a she's a prophet of God, powerful woman of God. She's the mother of in uh, uh, Pastor Nick's spiritual mom, and our spiritual mom. And uh, one day, I was ushering. I'm standing behind her, and I'm an usher. Say yeah. yeah. I'm an usher, usher baby. And so I'm standing behind her, and uh, behind the guy that she's praying for, or. I don't remember who it was, guy or girl. And I'm standing there, and I hear the voice of God in my spirit. And he says, she's going to ask you to prophesy over this person. When she asks you to prophesy over this person, I want you to say this, this, and this. My response was, no, she's not. It's Miss Elseby. She's a prophet. She don't need me to prophesy over anybody. She's never, I've never heard her ask her anybody to help her. She just does what she does. And I'm thinking like, no way. But as soon as he said it, her eyes, she's looking like this. She's praying, believing, like pressing in for the person. And she goes like this, you. (laughs) And I said, me. (laughs) I'm an usher. (laughs) I think in the same meeting. I actually dropped somebody, and James let me have it. Are you serious, son? (laughs) I never let that go. (laughs) I let the person go, but not that. So, uh, (laughs) listen, if it's in the Holy Ghost, you're going to be all right. If you're faking, it's going to hurt, and then you probably won't do that again. And so, uh, (laughs) um, where was I? So I'm standing there, I'm praying, and uh, no, I'm not, I'm ushering. And she looks at me, and she says, you. And I said, yes. And she said, come prophesy over them. And I said, God, you just told me to do that. And then he told me exactly what to say, so it was easy. I didn't even feel the anointing. I didn't feel anything. I just came around, and I said, God said, bop. God said, bop. God said, bop, the the person flew onto the ground, like back five feet, flew onto the ground. And I was like this, whoa. You see, sometimes we think like, I don't think we understand how real God is, how he actually knows you, he knows your life, he knows what you need, he knows what's going on, and that he has an answer to people's problems. And so I never in my life have ever De- uh, delivered a word of God like that up until that point. I didn't know how it worked. I don't know wh- what, what does that even mean. And then I did it, and I see the display of power, and then I go back to ushering. Well, then the, the five people down the row, she looks at me and goes, do it again. There's one problem. God didn't tell me what to say this time. What do you mean? <laughs> Okay, you don't tell no, you don't say no to Miss Elseby. And so I came around, and I had nothing to say, literally nothing, not one thing. But I opened my mouth, and as I opened my mouth, God filled it, and I said exactly what needed to be said, and the person slammed on the floor, and that was it. And I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, and he said, sometimes I will give you the exact words to say, other times you walk by faith and open your mouth, and I'll fill it. And God taught me that day how to hear the voice of God and how to operate under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And God teaches you. You say, I'm not used to this stuff. I wasn't born in the church. I don't know about this. I didn't either. I had no clue until I was sitting in a sauna with some 350-pound guy that's half naked. And I am I'm practicing because I know I'm gonna go on the streets tomorrow and win souls with Pastor Nick. And I go out and I try to tell him about Jesus, and he doesn't even speak English. Now everyone, everyone's laughing at me because it was just me and Nick. I'm laughing at me, and Pastor Nick is laughing at me, cracking up laughing at me. Because I boldly said, hey, has anyone ever told you that God loves you? And has a great plan for your life. And the guy speaks to me in, like, Russian. And I just, I didn't even, I didn't know what to do, so I just went, oh. Peace. Left the sauna. Do you know, this is not a joke, and it's crazy how God does this. I don't set these things up. Every time I'm in the sauna by myself, somebody comes in there. First of all, this, if you've ever been to Danny's gym, the sauna is like tiny. It's like this podium. Why are you coming in here? Do I look like I want you in here? It What? I'm a man. You're a man. Wait 10 minutes. Do what I do. You go to the machine right by the sauna. You do lightweight until they're out, and then you beeline in there. But I promise you, man, people come in there. People join me. I don't know what it is. I must just look Inviting. Probably because I'm in there like, Do you know the sauna at Danny's gym has Bluetooth speaker? One time I was in there praying for somebody, and somebody calls me, and they had a tragedy in their families. It's not a joke. It's quite funny. And I'm praying with them on the phone, and... All of a sudden, somebody was still connected to the Bluetooth, and they had the most vulgar music I ever heard in my life, and it starts playing on full blast, so now I'm like, I have to explain. This was Alan Delacruz, which, by the way, it was epic, because he's like my friend anyway, so he's my best friend, so he understood, but I was like, bro, I promise that's not what I listen to. I'm in the sauna. You'll never believe what happened, and so anyway, people always come in there. They always join me in the sauna, and so... This is my my thought. If you are going to come into the sauna that is too small for you and me, you're going to hear the gospel. Almost like it's a punishment, but it's not. (laughs) Listen here, buddy. If you're going to come in here, I got news for you, and you're going to listen to it. Do you understand me? One time I had a guy come into my sauna. It's mine. I was in there first. You get what I mean? And one time uh Danny wasn't even at the gym and I was like, "Hey, is it okay if I go in the sauna cuz there's one sauna that you're not supposed to at in the beginning you weren't supposed to go in." He goes, "I don't care, it's your gym. Go ahead." So it's my sauna. Just kidding. So uh anyway, so this one time one guy comes in here, I'm playing uh sermon on my and I have it on the thing. I'm not turning it off. You come in here, you're going to listen to what whatever's on. So Anyway, I left it on full blast, and I have it on the thing. The guy's, like, sitting there nervous, you can tell. And after, like, five minutes of listening to it, he's like, you know, you got to be careful with those people. I looked at him. I said, sir, you got to be careful with me. (laughs) Anyway, for, like, 20 minutes. So I was already in there for 15 minutes. That thing's hot. But once you get to talking, you know, so sometimes you come out of there, you're like, dizzy, like whoa. But I'm telling you, I was embarrassed once in the sauna, but God has given me, no joke, at least like 30 to 40 souls in the sauna. And it's powerful. If you will make a decision that God can use you, he'll use you. If you'll say yes to God, he'll use you. Amen? Say this with me. Say, God wants to use me. Some people think they can't be used. The people that think that They think they're all that and God will use them. Those are the people God can't use. The ones that God uses are the ones who know they need him in order to be used. And God takes the the things of this earth that people think are foolish and he confounds the wise. You might think you're not good enough, but God says, oh, when i put my hand on your life you people are that's the thing is that when people see that you're doing it it blows their mind can you say amen so god wants to use you and this i'm i'm almost done we had a testimony service today so i'm not going to go crazy on the message but i want to talk to you quickly about the rewards because god will never ask you to do something for him when he doesn't already have a blessing in mind for you. When God is asking you to do something for him, by the way, God isn't using you like a pawn on his chessboard. He loves you. He wants to use you, but when he uses you, you get rewarded. Say this, God wants to reward me. And so sometimes people, they, they think about what God wants them to do when God requires something of them, and they say, well, I just don't have time, or am I getting paid to do that? I have news for you. It's better to be spiritually employed and spiritually paid than it is to be employed by anybody in this world. God owns all the silver and all the gold and the, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything belongs to him. And God has rewards in this life and in the life to come for a soul winner. And I want to talk to you about that today. Say this, there's earthly rewards and there's heavenly rewards for being a soul winner. When you're a soul winner, you're not, it's not some special thing. It's somebody who has decided that I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then when you do that and you made that decision, all of these things shall be added unto you. So whatever you would spend your life running after, if you just run after God, God adds those things to you the desires of your heart that you have, rather than focusing on making those things happen, if you focus on the kingdom of God and the advancement of the kingdom of God, everything's added unto you. Can you say amen? I want to read to you a scripture, John chapter 4, verse 31 through 38. It says this, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. By the way, when somebody's fasting, let them fast. You get what I mean? It's so funny. If you ever want to know if God's real, just go on a fast. I guarantee you on the very first day, somebody's going to offer you food. How come when you're not fasting, no one offers you food? I went on a fast the other day on Friday and I thought nobody was going to offer me food because nobody was offering me food. And I was like, Lord, what's happening? Am I doing this in my flesh? That's how I know if it's God. Am I just doing this... And then I'm walking by the office in Havana, screams out, do you want some salami? And I'm like, what? Okay. First of all, who offers people salami? I'm like, yeah, this ain't in my flesh. What's up, Jesus? Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? This is what the disciples are saying. The disciples asked each other, then Jesus explained, my nourishment. Say nourishment. Nourishment. Say it one more time. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. What is the work of the Lord? What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus came. He came out of heaven. He lived a a sinless life on the earth. He suffered a criminal's death, death on the cross. He died. He was buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. On his way up to heaven, he passed the baton to the Holy Ghost. He was seated at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit came down to indwell people to finish the work of what Jesus started. Do you know, as a believer on the earth, you are finishing the work of the Lord? Jesus came, he started it, he gave you the power to finish it, and now that is our job. When you say, I feel called to be in business, well, guess what? Be in business, but while you're in business, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, raise the dead, and preach the gospel. You say, I feel called to be a firefighter. Well, be a firefighter. But while you're being a firefighter, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons, and preach the gospel. Can you say amen? No matter what you're called to do in this life, you are ultimately called to finish the work of the Lord. Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered and died. He suffered. When Jesus carried a 300-pound cross for over three miles, everybody that he knew deserted him. People spit on him. People shamed him. They called him names. They mocked him. They ripped out his beard from his face. He didn't complain. He kept moving because he had a work to do. Jesus had a job of work to do. Then when he gets there, they mock him some more. They spit on him some more. They nail him to a cross. Before he even got the cross, he takes, he takes 39 stripes on his back. Not with, a, not with some mamby-pamby Indiana Jones whip. A whip called the cat of nine tails that has nine claws on the end that every time they whipped him, it digs into his flesh, and then they rip it, and it rips his flesh out of his back. Marred. The Bible says he was marred beyond a man. When you looked at him up on the cross, he no longer resembled a man. He had a job to do. And the whole time, the whole time the Bible says because of the joy, because of the joy, That was set before him, he endured the cross. Why? Because he knew that on January 27, 2024, there would be believers that would come here. They would meet up. They would go into Fort Pierce. They would tell people about Jesus. They would sacrifice their Saturday. They would sacrifice their kid's soccer game. They would do things that other people refused to do because they wanted to bring Jesus, the one who suffered and died, the reward for his suffering. When you bring Jesus the reward for what he suffered for, you get rewarded from heaven. Jesus paid a price that he did not owe for a debt that you could never pay. He who knew no sin became sin so that you and I through him could become righteous in his eyes. Why would I not go let somebody know about that? In the book of Ezekiel chapter 33, it says, in verse starting in verse 1, Once again, a message came to me from the Lord, son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it's their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm, but they ignored it. So the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity, and they will die in their sins. But I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. And forget the fact that that's a punishment. I don't want to be the one. Listen, if there's a snake in the room and I see the snake next to you and it bites you and you die, I'm in trouble for that. I saw him and I said nothing. Lord, I don't want to be the one that sees people that need to hear your message and I ignore it because I'm doing my own thing. I'm living my own life. My mind's not on kingdom. My mind is on me. And when you make a decision that you're going to bring Jesus the reward of his suffering, you get rewarded. There's Just so you know, there's not a lot of pressure in this. It's easy. I think people take it as a pressure sometimes. It's not, there's no pressure. This doesn't mean to say that now you have to be so uptight that everybody you see, if I don't tell them about Jesus, I'm there. I'm going to have to pay for their life. Their blood's on my hands. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? No. All you're supposed to do is make a decision that you're going to line your life up with what God wants, and you are a soul winner. That means as you're going about your day, you are open. Father, speak to me. I will help them. If you will tell me, I will get the message to them. I will not think of myself more highly than I ought to. I will put other people's needs above mine. I will go. Because some people think if you didn't come to the, the meeting yesterday, then you're a bad person. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's not the only way to evangelize. That's one way. But it's a powerful way. 145 people that we know of gave their life to the Lord. It's a powerful way. I don't see that many people in a day. Sometimes you actually have to go out of your way, and God meets you there. So there's no pressure. Can you say amen? But you make a decision. Jesus, I want to partner with you. If you died for me, you gave up everything for me, you bled out your last drop of blood for me, I want to bring you the reward for what you died for. And I promise you, to see the people's faces that are giving their life to the Lord, there's, there, you cannot even explain it. There, there, there's not even the same person. You can see how the Bible says you become a new person. That is why if you were here for the last production we did, I had the young B-nerds on the stage with me because I wanted them to see their faces. When you see the faces of people who, who their eternal destination is forever changed, when you feel the joy, Of how angry the enemy is. When you plunder hell and you populate heaven, you will never be the same. I'm telling you, Crystal's acting excited. You should have seen her. If people are walking this fast, she's like, come on. Come on, we got to go to the next one. Something happens. Because you're partnering with Jesus, and then when you make that decision, he meets you and he does it with you. Say, Rewards. There's a kind of nourishment that comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Some of you were talking about family members. You think that if you talk to them about the Lord, they're not going to listen. I have news for you. Jesus will show up in the living room and reveal himself to your family members. That's experience. That happened to me and my mother. God's good. I was praying for my dad one day. Don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you, mother. But it's important because people think, like, your family's, like, God's not going to use me. Yes, he will. God will use you. I was praying for my dad one day, and as I'm praying for my dad, my mom starts to yell, he's right there, he's right there, he's right there. And you know when you, like, see something, because you've been watching superstitious movies, you've been watching scary movies, and you're like, she's, like, trying. Like, no, he's still there. And I'm praying for my dad. I feel the, I feel him. But I don't see him. He revealed himself to you for you. And so then um, she said he's on his knees and he's praying through you as you're praying. for." That wrecked me. Are you kidding me? What is Jesus even doing with me? Like, he loves us. Amen. And God will help you. You're believing for a family member. God will use you. So they're ready for harvest. The harvesters, say this with me, the harvesters are paid good wages. And the, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. You can't confuse that. The Bible says that God pays good wages to harvesters, and the harvest that they, that they bring is people brought to eternal life. What does that mean? If you line your life up with God and you become a soul winner, not somebody who attends a soul winning class, you become a soul winner where you put other people first and you are willing to share the gospel, then he pays you good wages. God pays you. And God pays well. Can you say amen? You say, but I don't have time. I need to spend extra time working. I promise you, if you spend some time preaching the gospel, God will work everything out for you. Oh, I was coming to church, brother. I gave my life to the Lord. It was powerful. My whole family was getting changed. Sometimes God even has them start with that. No joke. People do this all the time. They talk about all the good things he's been doing. They say, but you know what, man? I got this job opportunity, and it's, it's awesome. God's really blessing me, but it's going to require that I can't make it to church on Sundays anymore. And I'm like, man, think about what you're saying. You started to come to church. You started to put God first. And people think, like, I get it. You don't have to go to church to serve the Lord. I understand what you're saying. Sounds good, but it doesn't work like that. That's why when you look at people who try to serve the Lord in their house, there's no fruit from their life. They backslide. You're not not praying. You're not serving the Lord in your house. I would get it if you totally are. But God even said in his word to not neglect the meeting together with the church even more in the last days that you see the end times approaching. To meet together even more now. That's why when the government tells you to stop meeting together, you know it's a devil and you keep meeting together. No, we're not gonna shut down, devil. Listen, this will help you. Anything the devil tells you not to not to do once, do it twice. Just just double down. Say this, God pays me good wages because I'm a soul winner. Because I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What joy? Say joy. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants, another harvests," and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest, John 4, 31 through 38. So number one, spiritual nourishment. There's no feeling in the world like when you are in the will of God and he's using you. I can't explain that to you except you have to experience it. When you're, it's kind of like when you have a report card and it's good. And you want to run home and show mom and dad? You just know you're in the will of God. You know, in worship, you were pressing in before, but now you're like, I'm welcome here. (laughs) You are. You've been welcome the whole time. But there's this nourishment that comes inside of you where you come alive. Because you know you're smack dab in the will of God. And God wants to use you. God wants you to be in the middle of his will. And so when you're winning souls, you're doing that. You're partnering with God to finish the work of the Lord, and he pays you. He pays you with nourishment. He pays you with good wages and joy. Say joy. Joy. That's what it says. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. And the word of God, it's supernatural. The word of God is actually incorruptible seed. When you preach about Jesus Christ, it's incorruptible seed. So you can walk up to somebody, get totally rejected for the message, but that seed is, is in there, and it's beginning to do a work. We even saw it yesterday. There's certain pe- there was one guy, that, uh, Pastor Selena and, them, and C- Crystal, they said hi to him. He's like, keep moving. Keep moving. Don't want to hear it. And I came down the driveway, and I was like, hey, man, how you doing? And he's like, I'm doing good, brother. You know, conviction must have set in. He's like, I'm a believer. I have Jesus Christ in my heart. Praise God. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, why would you? You know, people get so mad at people that want to share their faith. Hey, don't share your faith. Do you know it's literally against my faith not to share my faith? Say spiritual nourishment, good wages. That's actually money. Don't spiritualize everything. People spiritualize everything in the word. Oh, God's saying good wages, but you know, he's talking about you know, happiness, amen? No, he's talking about good wages and joy. He wants to give you joy. And then there's also heavenly rewards. So I, the Bible says that when you do the work of God, you store up treasures in heaven. You don't store up treasures here where moth can eat them, rust can destroy. You store up treasures in heaven. And I was really like digging into this, looking for scripture about the rewards in heaven. And I saw a scripture that blew my mind. You know, because while we're here, we get so excited. I get so thrilled when somebody gives their life to the Lord. It makes me cry tears of joy because I know that they're going to heaven. But I never really thought about this. Listen to this scripture. It's so epic. This is in uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 through 20. And it says, after all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus Christ when he returns? And then they say, it is you. He's talking to people that they shared the gospel with. And he said, what's going to be our great reward when we get to heaven? You. Think about the day that you cross over to heaven and you begin, and you'll know because you're in heaven. You'll know. I know it. You will know the ones that you led there. They'll come up to you and say, Do you remember that day when we were in the projects? Do you remember that day when you guys came out? Imagine when you get to look at them and it, the joy hits you because you realize they're, they're in heaven because I, was, I preached the gospel of Jesus Christ on the earth. That is, a, that, is, that is riches. There's nothing like, I'm telling you, the nourishment. I mean, the, the physical benefit is great. But the spiritual benefit to winning people to Jesus, mm-hmm. to being the voice of God for people when they need help, there's nothing like it. You ever had somebody say to you, I needed to hear that today. To us, that sounds like a big deal, but to them, it is their whole life. One day I was in Champs ordering pizza. Pizza, that's what I wanted. I'm a soul winner. I wasn't going soul winning. Say this with me I'm a soul winner. I'm, a soul winner. I'm ordering pizza. You want to know what was on my mind at the time? Pizza and Coca Cola. And I, I get to the counter, I order my pizza, and I hear in my spirit, I'm always touching, this is where the, your spirit is here, I, don't, I just do that, I hear in my spirit. Um, I hear in my spirit, and God says, there's going to be somebody coming in the door, and she's been crying out to me, I want you to tell her that I see her, and give her everything in your wallet. And I say, yes, sir. As soon as he said that, I hear, ding, they had a bell on the door, and I turn around, now I, I left where I was. I walked over to her and I said, ma'am, you're going to think this is crazy. But I just heard so strong in my spirit that God said that he sees you. As soon as I said the words, he sees you, she starts crying, bawling her eyes out. And I said, cha-ching. Because, <laughs> you know, you, sometimes you just step out on a, on a spirit like what? Let's go, Jesus. But then you learn God's voice. This is how you learn God's voice. Because many of us, he's speaking to us, but we, we don't realize. You ever, you ever had something happen and you're like, I knew that. I, I, something told me that was going to happen. Have you ever been thinking about something and then the person next to you says it and you were just thinking about it? These are all spiritual things. Say this, there's no such thing as Coincidence. The Holy Ghost wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you and guide you into all truth. And there's one purpose, is for people to make it to heaven. Firstly, you. Before God wants you to work for him, he wants you to make it to heaven. That's why the Holy Spirit comes in you first. And then he comes upon you to give you power to be a witness. But secondly, God wants you to bring as many people with you as you can. Do you know that when you die, you can't bring anything with you to heaven? You can spend your whole life storing up things on this earth. You can get the best job. You can provide, you can provide the best things for your family. Because a lot of people, they use, they use that as an excuse to be greedy and to spend their whole life doing their thing. I just wanna, I'm just a man, and I just want to provide for my family. I get it. But if you will trust God and you'll put your whole life in his hands, he'll provide for your family better than you can. God wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you and guide you into all truth, and then he wants you to begin to help others. You can bring nothing. See, God helped me just there because I forgot where I was. You can't bring anything with you to heaven except for people. You can bring people with you to heaven. The only thing you can take with you to heaven is people. So why not bring as many as we can? And then every one that you win, there's treasures stored up for you in heaven. And some of you, some of you in here think you didn't win souls yesterday, but you did. Why? Because you might not have went, but if you've ever given in the tithe and the offering, your money went. Can you say amen? What you give into, you're a part of. Every soul that we want. That's why the offering's so powerful. And so these treasures that we store up in heaven are awaiting us. But the nourishment that comes from it right now is so powerful. And so I'm there talking to, you thought I forgot. <laughs> talking to the lady. And um, I said that to her. She starts crying. And she, she speaks back to me and she said, I was just sitting in my car not even 30 seconds ago. And she said I was crying because my life's been super hard. She said, I don't even have money to feed my kids. I have my last $2.50. I was coming in here to get one slice of pizza to split it between us. And she said, I looked up to God, and and she said to the Lord, I want to take my life. I'm tired of living this way. And she said, "I, I yelled out to God in my car, do you see me? And she said, I got out of my car, I walked in the door, and the first person that I encountered was you, and you come up to me and say, God sees you. And when I was in kids' church, I was talking about faith earlier. When I was in kids' church, people would come all the time. People, guest speakers would come all the time, and I always felt like it wasn't fair. Say flesh. I always felt like it wasn't fair. I never get to be in the meetings with Miss Elseby, even though I just told you a great story. But. And I, I remember one day I was feeling, I was feeling like, Man, I I don't know if this is for me. I'm doing this thing. And some of you guys, this is going to help some of you. Some of you in here feel like God don't see you, but he sees you. And I remember I was like, God, I feel like you don't see me over here. Because we were serving, man. They, They would have like weeks of meetings and I'd be in there serving, serving. I went to sleep one night and I had a dream. And in my dream, I'm in the kids' church bay, the same way it looks at our old building. And I have a table with water bottles all over the table. And I start handing water bottles to kids as they come in. And every child that came in, I hand them a water bottle, they'd walk into kids' church. I'd hand them a water bottle, they'd walk in. What is this showing me? This is showing me what Jesus said, that even when you gave water to a child, you gave it unto me. And then Miss Elseby walks by the front door. She looks at me in my eyes. She was getting ready to walk by. She stops and looks at me. And she, say, she says to me in the dream, but it's the Holy Ghost. God was using her to represent the Holy Ghost in that dream. She looks at me in the eyes and she says, I see you. And she, start, she walked into church. And I... <sighs> I begin to sing. The reason why I'm sharing this story is because I know what it is to be unseen, to feel unseen, and to have a God that sees you. So when I'm standing there and I'm ordering pizza, I know what it means to not feel seen and for God to show you that He sees you. I, in my dream, start singing a song by Jason Upton There's a God who sees. I'm not going to sing the rest because I don't sing. There's, I mean, I do, but I don't want to bless you guys that much. (laughs) There's a God who sees right where you are, and I wake up from the dream and I'm still singing out loud. There's a God who sees. And as I'm singing that song, I'm just drenched in tears. The Holy Spirit's all over me. I'm empowered to go and do it one more time. Now every time they, they say, hey, there's a guest speaker, can you be in kid church? I'm like, yes. When somebody else is like, oh, I kind of want to be in service, I'm like, go. Changed me. And I, I went on Facebook, and I'm scrolling through Facebook, and Miss Elseby posts on Facebook. I'm not joking. This is a true story. She says, somebody woke up this morning with a song in your spirit, there's a God who sees right where you are. And I just want to let you know, there's a God who sees right where you are. And I died. (laughs) I want to tell every one of you there's a God who sees right where you are. And you're going to be so confident that there's a God that's with you that you'll be able to walk up to other people and share with them, there is a God who sees you and he wants to break you through. God set that lady free from the spirit of suicide. God set that lady free from depression. But if I wasn't a soul winner, if I thought that it was an event, if I thought that it was just for the preachers and just for the pastors and the teachers, if I thought that it wasn't for me, I wasn't one of those at that time. I was a believer. But the Bible says that these signs and these wonders follow them that believe. Is there anybody that is believing enough in me and what I said that will take the message of the gospel and bring it to people and trust me to carry it out? And then he says this. This is for soul winners. I was wondering, and it just hit me in my spirit. I was wondering, is this reward for soul winners? Those people that get persecuted get rewarded big time, big time. You want to know the ones that are getting getting persecuted? The ones who are talking about Jesus. Because there's plenty of people, they don't talk about Jesus. All they talk about in their sermons is how to manage time, uh, you know, random things. But if you're talking about the Lord and you're standing for the word, you're getting persecuted. So there's rewards awaiting you. Can you say amen? And God wants to use every single person. I know I shout a lot. I feel so strong in my spirit right now that God wants you to know that he sees you and that he is going to use you to let other people know that he sees them and he has an answer to their issues. The days of you coddling people with this worldly love are over. But the days of you bringing the agape love of God, the love that reached down from heaven and came and died and rose from the dead for them, you're going to bring that love to people. You're going to bring Jesus the reward for everything he died for them to have. Nothing more precious than you, I can't help but lift up your name, you are the way, the truth and lies.